Hey, hey, it's me. Hey, you. (laughs) I don't know if I'll even leave this on, but part of me really wants to leave this on. (laughs) Hey, good morning. Uh, This is In Context. It's a podcast from Stonebridge Church, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. My name is Keith. I'm one of the pastors here at Stonebridge, and I am being joined by my uh, co-laborer, I was I was waiting I for it. Co-defendant. I was going to say esteemed colleague, <laughs> Maybe. but you know, I almost went to distinguished gentleman. I too many law dramas. <laughs> <laughs> Partner in crime. Well, yeah, there there's we go. that. That works. We uh, we um, we've been watching periodically at home. This well, you know you've heard of Forty Eight Hours, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's Forty Eight Hours, but then there's the show about people that go missing. But we didn't realize when we started watching it that they're still missing, oh. so there's no closure. Oh, no. Yeah, it's completely irrelevant, but it just, co-defendant just came up in my head. Anyway. Uh, my name's Brandon. I think that's what Brandon. we were after. I think that's yes. what <laughs> This is what happens when we're gone for a long time. We go off the rails as soon as we get back on. Um, well, I, I said before, this is the In Context podcast. We don't just talk about nonsense and, and TV shows. We actually talk about... Uh, uh, current events or um, biblical passages in the context of the entire scriptures, mm-hmm. and uh, many times we uh, visit our sermon series, and currently we're going through the book of John, John's yeah. Gospel, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. It has been fun. It's been really, uh, really exciting. Not just in, it, it's been fun to to participate in, uh, you know, sitting under the teaching of the Word. It's also for us, it's, it's fun to sort of dive into yeah. the multifaceted, um, pa- you know, parts of the passages. There's like yeah. even just going through the prologue. It's mm-hmm. so, so rich. Yeah, John's gospel is so unique. It's such a, um, yeah, it's just a, it's it's a wonderful experience um, because John does not waste any time going for theological depth or just blowing our minds with the truth of who Christ is. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's. Um, it's awesome also because of the way that John refers to himself mm. in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like he calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's just great. It's great. He doesn't even have to specify John the Baptist by name because the only John he mentions by name in the book is John the Baptist. Right, so right. unlike the other gospel no, writers awesome. that are no, not this one. He just completely leaves himself out of the story as much as possible right. so that the spotlight's on Jesus. Right, except for when he makes it there clear. Are, yeah, there are a few. He makes it clear that he is faster in a slip than, than Peter. Than Peter. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few cheeky moments, yes. Yeah. It does give you an appre- it gives you appreciation, you know, if you get into... Um, if you get into the doctrine of Scripture and um, the sort of the supervision superintendency of the the Holy Spirit and God writing the word, you know, through these human beings. It is great that God leaves just enough of these dudes, you know, that there's enough of the character Mm -hmm. of these men that John's like, and we went and I beat Peter. (laughs) Awesome. It's wonderful. Well, uh, this week uh, we're, we're a little bit, we're starting our podcast a little bit behind. We actually, uh, full disclosure, we tried to record one last week and I had some uh, post-production audio problems. Mm. So we're going to visit um, what we had talked about last week, what you had preached about the week before. With the prologue and everything. Right, Mm -hmm. and then maybe just drift a little bit into just the 
the continuation of the the witness of John the Baptist, mm-hmm. just briefly. Yeah. But uh, so let's let's start by um, talking about the end of the prologue. Then, so the Word became flesh. Yeah, I mean the prologue is so so marvelous and so unique. Again, like you know, Matthew starts his gospel by anchoring it in the genealogy, which ties his, you know really not just Matthew's gospel, but the whole New Testament. Um, in the ongoing story of the Old Testament right. and the longing for this Davidic king, Mark just comes out of the shoot and sprints the whole way through the book, <laughs> never slows down, right? <laughs> Luke is this kind of studious, uh, you know, I've done my research, Theophilus, right. and here, you know, I'm going to <laughs> present present to you my evidence for why you should take this story seriously. Right. John starts with this um, just heavenly theological prologue, poetic. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then the Word becomes flesh, and and introducing, get, really giving us all of the categories necessary to make sense of the story that follows. Mm-hmm. Like this, Jesus is God's ultimate self-disclosure. He is his his uh, the the preeminent revelation of God, who is eternal with God, uh, who's distinct from the Father uh, with God also, but also truly God. He, uh, divine, he is God, and yet then he steps into his own humanity. The Word becomes flesh, and and uh, he uh, is true human at the same time. And so, the way the prologue kind of concludes, it, and the whole purpose of that then is to uh, both display the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory. Right. And to impart the grace of the Lord, we've all received from His fullness this fullness of God that is expressed and manifest in Jesus from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace or grace in place of grace. Right. Um, and so the God's desire, plan, agenda to make himself known, to reveal his glory, to redeem a people for himself by his grace is all wrapped up into this one person, right. Jesus. Right. And that's the guy who we get to meet in the gospel who right. we get to encounter. And so, John just sets us up that this is no ordinary person, no ordinary story. When we see, in fact, Jesus himself says in chapter 10, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. Like to look at Jesus, to meet Jesus, to hear Jesus, to watch Jesus is to watch God and see God and hear God. Right. And, um, and so uh, that, that prologue sets us up. Um, and, and of course, you know, it, it, uh, introduces all the different categories of faith and light and life mm-hmm. and and uh, grace and of course grace is only used in the prologue but the concept of God's redemptive grace is right. is throughout the book and um, so many of the different aspects of uh, what we need to make sense of the person we're encountering through the book are laid out there um, and then John the John the apostle mm-hmm. wastes no time. Uh, shining the spotlight on Jesus the person through right. John the Baptist John testimony where he starts, which is what you talked about this last Sunday. Yeah, and I've been, you know, I've been pondering. I read an article this week, um, just going back to the prologue, because one of the things, and we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, as I'm reading the gospel, I've, I'm trying to increasingly read it through the lens of if somebody's encountering this and they are post-Christian, right? They, mm-hmm. they're, they've grown up, they're young maybe, because I worked with youth for a number of years, at one point, um, the lens would have been like, oh, how's an atheist going to think of this? Mm. I just read an article this week that uh, new atheism is dead. 
hmm. right? That mm-hmm. the, this this idea, these ideas that the the atheists, you know, that there is no god, or mm-hmm. I don't think or that religion spoils everything, that. right? But, and hardly thing. anybody buys into that anymore, mm-hmm. right? If anything, there's just sort of this supplanting of atheism with a spiritualism, mm-hmm. for whatever the case may be. But that's when both the prologue and then the the prologue moving into the idea of witnessing mm. becomes really important because the prologue's hard to understand. I mean, if we're honest, oh yeah, like I mean, it's, we it's spent a very three brief... weeks and we scratched the surface of it, right? Mm. But it's a it's a very brief, just assuming that you're taking this at face value, mm-hmm. right? So we beheld his glory, but then also what's wrapped up in when we beheld his glory is he came to his own people and his own people didn't receive yeah. him, yeah. Um, and there are a myriad of things, and this is, of course, th- so this is free-flowing in my brain, so I, I know i got to be careful. There are a Buckle myriad up. of things that come up even between the prologue and his appearance, and, and one of those things that's current right now would be, and we don't, I don't want to get deeply into this, but it's worth thinking about. Like, Jesus shows up as a definitive gender. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he is a man. Yeah, I <laughs> so, mean, and that's part, of, that's part of what it means that he became flesh. Right. Um, he took, he stepped into humanity. He, uh, he came into this world as a male, right. as a Jew, right. as a first century Jew, right. like very distinct, uh, not this kind of, and, and the incarnation, I mean, it has so many vast implications for both the Christian faith, right. but also how we think about creation itself right. and God's vision for it. Um, it's a it's an affirmation of the goodness of creation in right. humanity, right? Um, and and a reminder of God's design and right. a, and uh, and the goodness of it, um, and the fact that it's worth redeeming. Like it's yeah, broken, sure. but worth redeeming, such that God would take into His divinity humanity. Um, right. Yeah. And that's but that's you know that's why it's it's amazing that such a short such a brief passage carries with it so much weight that you could really just oh, dig yeah. into it like to, to yeah i mean we didn't even forever. scratch the surface right. of christology really right. hardly right. you know the how is it possible that we have one person with two distinct natures i right. mean uh we attempted to talk about that last week in our in our uh, failed recording <laughs> yeah i don't remember what oh, we, we did said. a great job but <laughs> it, was really it was impressive. really impressive awesome. I mean, it was right up there with uh, Owen and Charnock. And <laughs> but it is, you know, this incredible mystery. You have the doctrine of the Trinity in the very first verse. Right, You've right. got the highest, some of the highest Christology in the New Testament mm-hmm. right there right. in John's uh, opening prologue. Uh, it's just breathtaking. Well, that's why, again, the and emphasizing this all the time, the point of the podcast that we do is to try to help people understand that the Bible is richer than you would imagine mm. it to be. Mm-hmm. So it it shouldn't just be glossed over. Yeah. It should be looked at and then read, you know, in comparison with itself, right? What does the Bible have to translate or uh, interpreting Scripture by Scripture? Yeah. Yeah, yep. So uh, again, and John, same thing with John. If you read the Gospel of John, you can find a pretty good summation of like, okay, so what do we, what do, we do with this in First John? Mm-hmm. Really, yes. I mean, yeah. like the the test of whether or not you really appreciate and understand the the nature of Christ, mm-hmm. the uh, the work of Christ, the implications of the, the person spirit. of Christ, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So all those things, but it's but it's worth, and and we would say, you know, we're gonna we'll be preaching, and then as we do this podcast, we'll be touching on these things. But our plea to the people who are listening would be: there's so much here to dig into. Mm-hmm. Don't just run through it. 
you know, have a nice cheery little discussion with someone, but spend time actually thinking through, step back and say, okay, you know, if I have a friend who, uh, a coworker or something who is maybe not a Christian, what are some questions that they might ask yeah. as they encounter this passage and try to try to think deeply about yeah. these things that you're reading? Yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. Um, so moving from that then, so uh, I, again, we, we did a really great was, job last y'all week. Y'all would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Talk, just talking about <laughs> talking about the incarnation, um, and one of the questions that came up that I do think is worth uh, briefly touching on is is that question: How human was Jesus? Mm, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, what's the delineation between, like? Because uh, well, some people want to be like, well, he's fifty percent God. The way that they talk about yeah. Jesus, well, he's like half God, half it's like man. this demigod, demigod type thing. Right, uh-huh. right. But yeah. that's not what Scripture. Says. Yeah, there's it's it's amazing, and John's wording is so precise that right. he he literally negates so many heresies. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you have the. You've got all sorts of different ways of attempting to understand or, or explain the incarnation that that falls short of the biblical account. You have what's called not, uh, docetism. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus appeared like he was human, but right. he wasn't really. He just right. kind of showed up and appeared that way. That was a pretty influential first, second century heresy, uh, which you see John combating pretty overtly in First John. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a predecessor to Gnosticism in some right. ways. Um, you you get the the sense of Jesus giving up his divinity to right. become humanity, right. um, where you know a, kind of a misreading of Philippians two and and him emptying himself. Right. That word kenosis, yeah. which is a lot of people mi- misunderstand or misapply. Yeah, yeah. So you, you look at the context there. the The point that Paul makes is not that Jesus emptied himself of his divinity right. or his equality with God. He refused to use his equality with God as something to be exploited for selfish gain right. and made himself nothing. Right. Uh, he emptied himself of self, of his right. own self-glory, right. to become this servant for humanity. <clears throat> and it's actually in that self-emptying that he reveals the divinity to us, right. You know, uh, which is one of the marvels of John. Like, the way that Jesus... The way we behold the glory of the universal God in Jesus is through his signs, through his life, the everyday stuff, but ultimately through the cross. Like, that's right. where he's lifted up and exalted and right. draws all men to himself. Right. He, that's the greatest display of his glory, is not through flexing his muscles and doing whatever we think will, you know, these incredible displays of power, but through self-giving love. That's how we know what the glory of God looks like in the right. face of Jesus. And, and so he does not give up his divinity he does not, um, uh, he, nor, you know, you get some other, you know, particularly kind of a Arian type or Mormon type mm. uh, where he was human and then becomes God right, or, right. or this kind of, I guess Arianism would be more the created, pe- that Correct. he was created. That he was created, begotten in the sense of... Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, John just doesn't allow for any of those interpretations. He yeah. was God, he was right. there in the beginning... So there's never a time when the word was not. Right. He he was God and yet was with God. So there's yeah. a distinct personhood, yet a true divinity, true deity. And right. then he became flesh. He didn't appear like flesh. He yeah. didn't look like flesh. He, he became flesh. flesh. Right. He takes humanity into his divinity mm-hmm. such that he's true God, true human at the same time. One person, two distinct natures, which is mind-blowing. And, and, of course it is. And, you know... The the cows. I mean, to the point that they had whole councils, like in the third, fourth century, to figure out 
how do we say this accurately? How do right. we accurately describe the nature of Christ in in true in in being you know faithful to Scripture, um, and recognizing that for Him to be truly human and truly God at the same time, those two distinct natures are true of the one person, but they also do not mix. Right? Yeah. You can't ascribe to Jesus with respect to His humanity something that is only true with respect to His divinity and it gets headache territory real quick right um, but it's supposed to it, i mean like exactly that's one it's of my biggest gripes glorious with, mystery yeah one of my biggest gripes with atheism i watched a video i think it was a little um this is a couple years old of richard dawkins you know like who is is a is a bad atheist anyway because some of his <laughs> perspectives are not even really sort of pure atheism as some of his fellow atheists would say but um you know, he was somebody was asking him, I think it was maybe a clip of Joe Rogan asking him, you know, was Jesus real? And Dawkins was like, well, most scholars will say he was a real person, but he's like, you know, the name Yeshua was pretty common, which he's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then he's like, but, you know, the idea that he was doing all these miracles is completely wrong. And my my first reaction is, I mean, but by what standard? It's But it's funny to me that the people who have a problem, they'll be like, well, it's impossible. But Scripture itself is like, yeah, it by by exactly. human standards, it is impossible. That's the whole That's stinking the whole point, point. Exactly, is that it is impossible. I mean, and even the Jews, the biggest problem that the Jews had with Jesus was his claim to be God. Yeah, like when he says, totally. "Hey, I before Abraham was, I am." They're like, "Let's kill him right now." Yeah, I mean, there was no, they were not ascribing to him what he was ascribing to himself. So when atheists think that they found like the weak link of Christianity, they're like, aha, there's yeah. no way that he could actually be God. I'm like, congratulations, <laughs> you and the Pharisees are in the same camp. <laughs> Nobody's ever thought of that before yeah. to say did, that he's not really God. We didn't need modern science to tell us that dead people don't come back to life, right? They right. knew that in the first century, which right. is is the whole testimony, absolutely. Right. So that, But that's, that's the kind of the, where we get caught, I think sometimes even in the depth of, of scriptures is we start we start filtering the the difficulty of understanding these things we start filtering them through a purely human mm-hmm. lens then yeah. that makes it extra hard because we're post enlightenment yeah. it just makes it extra hard for us to even personally get on board i think a lot of christians have a lot more trouble than they should have mm. taking taking John's prologue at its word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there was a point in time where many Christians, you know, if you understand the mystery of the gospel, you might be like, wow, this is fantastic and amazing. But you're probably not going to be super skeptical because you're trusting the testimony of of the word. You know what I mean? It's not that you shouldn't, it's not that people shouldn't struggle with it. Our post enlightenment culture does not have a. uh, Our default mode is naturalism, not supernaturalism. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And that's what's. Unfortunate. That's what's unfortunate about um, like failing to really lean into the prologue and mm-hmm. especially you know, the word made flesh. Yeah, because if we take the if we take the prologue seriously, then what we find in the stories and the encounters with Jesus that come are not just some like really talented miracle worker, right. <laughs> or or some like really profound teacher. We find glimpses of God right. in each one, demonstrations of His power, His glory, His love, um, and that fundamentally changes the way that we interpret John. Mm. You know, it's funny we don't have time to go into this right now, but you, you go back—I don't know, 
30 years, the, the Jesus Seminar. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you yeah, remember yeah, yeah. that. It kind of was a flash in the pan. It was like all the rage for a while. Right. But the Jesus Seminar was basically kind of a post-enlightenment attempt to, let's try and uncover the real historical Jesus right, right. <laughs> by sifting through, getting rid of all the supernatural stuff that's underneath. Right. It's, an old, it's an old posture um, the so-called historical Jesus, as though that's different than the biblical Jesus right. and whatnot. Um, but it was this whole like we're going, we have to set aside any sort of supernatural inclinations. We have to set aside, and it was this attempt to like use science to uncover the historical Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, all it did was do violence to the text itself, right? And and uh, ignoring what the it, it's classic. Uh, historical snobbery yeah like we're better positioned today (laughs) to interpret a historical character from 2000 years ago than the people who actually walked and talked with him absolutely let alone were inspired by the holy spirit to write what god wants written about him and so just kind of as though like jesus is like the the little seed inside the shell and we have to get rid of the shell of of supernatural i mean it's boltman it's all it's an old old um line of biblical thinking, but it is so deeply influenced uh, modern people, including some modern Christians, that yeah, we just sure. have a posture of skepticism towards right. Scripture, or a posture of f- explaining away something that doesn't fit our concept of the world, right. whereas what John is asking us to do is shut up, listen, right. follow along, come and see, right. yeah. come behold this Christ, right. uh, let him tell you who he is. Right, right. Stop talking right. and yeah. listen. <laughs> that's that's John's invitation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll let you interpret that how you want. That, that's John's invitation, right? Come and see. Yeah. See for yourself. Yeah. And, and boy, we, we don't even begin to have the categories to make sense of the Jesus we encounter in this gospel. Yeah, but he gives us witnesses. I mean, and that's Absolutely. when he says come and see, he's he's asking us to come and see, but he's come and see the people who saw it. And that's why the beginning with John the Baptist is so critical, yeah. right? Like yeah. this he goes straight from the prologue. Witness and, is a huge theme in the book. Oh yeah, for sure. And and uh you know, one of the things that we we absolutely I'm I'm hoping when we get to John chapter 3 and we talk about the spirit and mm-hmm. regeneration, we can touch on this a little bit more. But one of the things that the the clincher for John the Baptist is, you know, he had been told by God, you know, you'll know mm-hmm. you'll know that he's here when uh you know the the spirit descends mm-hmm. and abides mm-hmm. on him, remains on him. And so he's giving a testimony of Jesus coming to him and saying, hey, I need to be baptized, which has to do with his humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, his, you know, in order for him to impart to us the, the Spirit, part of that was receiving the Spirit. You know, so his full humanity, full divinity, there's there's a lot that's caught up in that that we really don't have time to get into. But the bigger the bigger piece is John is recognizing, one, you know, he, he came after me, but he was before me, yeah. which is an affirmation of everything we've seen in the prologue. But also, this, hey, behold, everybody look at this guy. I'm telling you right now, I know what's up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I know what's up. I know who this is. You need to pay attention to him. And then the passage you're going to take this weekend yeah. is everybody going, oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, and, and John's own disciples ditch him to right. follow Jesus. Right. It's exactly how it was supposed to work. Right. Yeah, right. Yes. But that's that concept of 
again, like with the Jesus seminar stuff, let's, let's look at the historical Jesus. Okay, let's look at the historical Jesus. Let's emphasize all the witnesses. And then that gets traced down all the way until, well, you know, Paul's talking about mm-hmm. a first importance, that when he says, you know, Jesus died according to the scriptures, yeah. he rose. All of this was seen. It's not yeah. like he did this, just take it, take, you know, take it by this uh, theory. Mm-hmm. He's like, everybody saw him. We yeah. saw him come back. We saw him die. You know, he appeared to over 500 witnesses. Yeah. What more do you need? Yeah. You know, this absolutely. is, it's, it's supernatural and it's also historical. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So how do we, what do we do with that then? What do we, what do we do as we think about, so in this, the transition from prologue to the initiation of John the Baptist saying, mm-hmm. hey, look at this guy, let's pay attention to him mm-hmm. now. So what, what's a practical a, a good first step for us as as Christians, or even if for somebody who's seeking, what's what's meant to be the the nudge here? Well, I think especially this early in the book, the the foremost nudge is read the book, hmm. like pay attention to the witness, right? Um, follow his story, approach him, follow along. Now, one of the questions, and I'll and I'll um, kind of uh, wrestle unpack this a bit this Sunday is, you know. For us to come and see Jesus is clearly clearly looks different yeah, today different. Sure. than it did for the people standing there along sure. the the shore of the Jordan and John's pointing at the guy in the flesh like right. we who live on this side of the ascension, you know to to see Jesus is is to first listen to the witnesses, mm-hmm. um, witnesses whose testimony is uh, ascribed in or just is embodied in this word, this mm-hmm. divine word, the ultimate witness in John being the spirit himself. Right. Um, to see him with the eyes of faith, you cannot, even even for those standing on the shore, you can't remove the faith equation. Mm, right. Like it's not just, because there are people who see the signs Jesus does and don't believe. Right. Right. Yeah. So seeing, listening to the witnesses, seeing with eyes of faith and uh, the way that we encounter Jesus today is by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Right. He goes back, he ascends, but then he sends the Spirit to convict us and yeah, to reveal himself to us. And right. so, uh, but all of that happens by reading the right. scriptures, right. like listen to the witness. Right. So the first and foremost application, implication, is to give careful attention to the witness he's given us mm-hmm. um, with eyes of faith in dependence on the Spirit. That's right. how we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus today. Yeah, and that brings up uh, that brings up to me that you know, the number one thing that I've heard even from young people, especially over the years, is it almost feels a lot of Christians now feel like we're in a worse position. Like, well, mm. if I'd have been there, if I could have seen it, I'm like, you ninny, listen, <laughs> if you read the witness, people who were there and yeah. did see it, I mean, one of the scathing rebukes of the religious leaders was like, you know, well, even John the Baptist, he one stands among you, you mm. don't know him. Like, yeah. and you know, that, that the, or the idea in the prologue that he came to his own people and his own people didn't receive him. Like, or, you know, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, where, you know, even if somebody comes back from the dead, they still aren't going to believe. Like, there, there, it is um, emphasized that, uh, that not only would many people have not believed by seeing it, but also emphasized that, like, we, on the other side of, being, of having received the Holy Spirit, the other side of Pentecost, 
like we're actually in a better position. All the promises that were made to the prophets, all the promises mm-hmm. that were made to the Old Testament saints, those are actually being fulfilled in us as we believe without seeing, right? Yeah. Blessed are those who have believed and have not seen. So, And, and even Jesus himself, the, the precise verse escapes me right now. He tells us, it's actually better for you that I go, I go and away. send the yeah. Spirit. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're actually in a better position, position. to crazy. see and understand the right. truth of who Christ is. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. And that, but that then leads us to, you know, again, as we, as we wrap up here, you know, the Spirit is given to us for many reasons, but the Spirit, Jesus is very clear, is to take what Jesus has imparted and deliver it to us. Yeah. So all these things that we wish we knew about Jesus are ours in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. All these things that, that Jesus really, I mean, like, when, in receiving the Spirit, right, uh, in power, receiving the Spirit, um, in wisdom, like we as believers, we're in a great place yeah. today, not yeah. just to to pay attention to the witnesses, but to be witnesses. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And what's what's remarkable is as much as John shines the spotlight on Jesus, rightly so, he's revealing the glory of God. We cannot take in that revelation apart from the Spirit's right, work. Right. I mean, the fact that he came baptizing with the Holy Spirit, right. um, which is itself a, a, a fun little rabbit trail to, Let's to not chase go down. We need like an hour and a half. We'll do that, that another time. <laughs> um, but the fact that you know, we need to be regenerated by the Spirit, yeah. illumined by the Spirit, or right. we can't take in the revelation right. that God is is giving us through Jesus. Right. So uh, for a book that is completely enthralled with Jesus, it's also one of the most developed... Uh, doc- we get more doctrine of the Holy Spirit from John's Gospel oh, yeah. than probably any other New Testament. I mean, yeah. Romans is up there, obviously, and, and, and Galatians. But boy, it, it sets... It gives us even the categories... Like if you were to just jump from Luke to Acts, you know, both written by right. Luke... Right. I mean, that spirit is just so active in Luke, but John actually gives us categories to make right. sense Understand of it, yeah. the book of Acts and yeah. the spirit's role there. Yeah. There's so much Especially going that first on chapter. here. Oh, totally. You know, the, that whole concept of John the Baptist, you know, talking about Jesus coming to baptize with the spirit. You hit John between Luke and Acts, and you understand, oh, okay, that, now yeah. I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Awesome. Man. Every time we talk about this, I'm more excited to be in this book. Good. I'm be sad when it's over. I know it's going to take us a while, though. Good. So. I'm, I'm good. I'm we'll, good with that. I'm, I'm we'll totally pace ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we would invite you. Uh, you can either uh, we're again we're Stonebridge Church. Um, you can go to www.stonebridge.church. Um, if you're not in our area, um, first thing is we would encourage you to uh, to join a church that's in your area mm-hmm. if you've not already done so. But if you happen to be traveling or uh, you're just online, you want to see what, what we're like, what we're doing, like what we're preaching, uh, you can uh, jump on to that website. You can catch our live stream or you can watch the YouTube captures mm-hmm. of the one from the week before. If you're in Cedar Rapids or the Cedar Rapids area, uh, you don't have a church home, we'd invite you to stop by. Uh, we'd love to meet you, talk to you, and help yep. you take your next step with Jesus. And if you are a regular here, we just want to encourage you to get into the Word um, as we've just talked about, uh, probe the depths uh, yeah. through the Spirit of God, and then grab somebody else um, and, and bring them along yeah. with you. Disciple them. Boy, we're going to see Jesus. that in this next passage. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. a great—I mean, it's a great book for to, to encourage us to really double down on what it means to be a disciple, yeah. that we don't just receive the Spirit and hang out, that uh, we're 
we follow Jesus so that we can say to other people, hey, come follow him. Yeah. So cool. Well, thank you for joining us uh, this morning. Um, this looks like it captured Brandon, so I think we're good. Good. <laughs> so we will uh, no we'll more talk sacrifices to, <laughs> to the ether. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the Lord knows that we, the Lord uh, censored us, I guess. There's I guess something so. in there that we got wrong. Maybe there's heresy. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but uh, uh, none today, I'm sure of it. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. Bye.